as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! How are we doing today? Good. The Hig is here with me. We're going to try switching camera views. There's the Hig. I see you. Mine works. Yours works. Yours doesn't work. Mine I might is, be able to fix that. Mine is frozen, so uh, we'll uh, see if we can't get that figured out. That's why we have the Hig, the half-Indian guru. He handles all this kind of stuff, makes this stuff happen. So, uh, Good morning. This is the Schmidt Show. I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. Would you close the door there, Mr. Chalaya? Chunk. Door is closed. Video is still not working. So we're yeah. going to go over to the HIG here and see if we get you. There you are. Oh, no, you're frozen now, too. Oh, good. Awesome. Good. So we got that going for us. So yeah. I guess we're, uh, we're just, we got, what we can do. At is, least, at least they have, at least they have uh, right, a, can, a visual representation we can of just, us. We can just go back and forth. Oh, right. no, now that's froze all together. Oh, there we go. So there's the HIG. That's there we you, go. That's what you look That's like. who you're listening to right now. <laughs> that's what I look like. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, good morning, good afternoon, time appropriate greetings, depending on where it is that you are listening to The Schmidt Show. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, none of that made any sense and you have no idea what we're talking about because you don't have the uh, actual video uh, of what's going on. So um, we, uh, we're we streaming live on Facebook and we're streaming live on the uh, The Schmidt Show website. We're streaming live all over the place. But today we're going to be talking about Julian Assange. Speaking of computer hacking, um, there is a lot of discussion um, that has gone on over Julian Assange over the last couple of, what, years, I, I guess? I mean, he's been in the news since at least, what, 20, uh, 2010, I think, when he kind of came to prominence. Um in in the world of of uh, politics, computer hacking, uh, WikiLeaks, I think is when he finally or when he first kind of came to prominence was in 2010, which was essentially um, was essentially the uh, I believe it was some of the uh, Bradley Manning Chelsea Manning. Well, whatever. Bradley, Chelsea Manning. Bradley Manning. Um, it's Chelsea Manning. She changed her name <laughs> to represent the gender that well, she feels like. Okay, so I, I'll I'll call her. I'll call him Chelsea. Okay. I as long as we acknowledge that him is a he. I yeah. I yeah, will okay. I will call him Chelsea. I will not call her Chelsea. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I won't call her, him her at all. Right. Because he's not a her. He's right. a he's a he. And he's a he who believes that. Right. He wants that to be a she. He's yeah. A, yeah. So if he wants to change his name to Chelsea. You know, whatever we can, we can, we can do that. Um, and I don't, I don't have a problem calling him her Chelsea. I have a problem oh, yeah, calling right. him her. So, right. um, so anyway, that's when, that's when Julian Assange kind of first came to prominence, became somewhat of a household name. I think it was around 2010 ish. Um, he has been hiding in, and it might even been a little bit earlier than that. It may have been more around 2008. I don't remember the exact timeline, um, but I do know that um, he was. He's been hiding in the Ecuadorian, um, the Ecuadorian embassy in London since 2012. I believe it was like July ish of 2012, and. There is a lot that goes into this discussion. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think it starts with the the simple question, and Noah, you can maybe chime in on this, you know, the simple question, you know, hero or zero, you know, good, bad, indifferent, you know, as I've got on the, uh, the title for the Facebook live stream, good, bad, or something different, um, you know, th there's, there's, there's a lot of discussion as to what Julian Assange is. I've got a few links to articles, some somewhat critical of him, um, some very critical of him. 
um, a couple, you know, kind of asking the question that, eh, you know, we're not really sure um, whether he is good, bad, or indifferent. We just know that he's something. Mm-hmm. Um, an article written by, it's an older article, like written way back in 2012, kind of shows a little bit how the perception of Julian Assange has changed over the years. You know, in, in 2012, um, most people believed him to be an America-hating uh, you know, agent of some other foreign government, whether it was Russia or, uh, you know, some other European block of countries or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's interesting you say that he would be American-hating since he's only released information about Americans, about American government overreach to Americans. Right. Right? Well, and the argument is that the the argument that that claims he's an America hater or whatever is that the the information that he released was information that was damaging to America's reputation among other countries, um, and and the reason the only reason he went to the Ecuadorian um, embassy was that the guy that was in charge, the prime minister or the president or whatever they call him down there in Ecuador, um, a guy by the name of Rafael Correa was uh, an adamant anti-American, American-hating, you know, wanting to be a dictator for life, buddies with Hugo Chavez. And the only reason he offered Assange um, uh, asylum at the Ecuadorian embassy was simply because it gave it gave him a little bit of, you know, street cred with the, the rest of the America hating dictators. Right. Because that was, that was Assange's kind of, uh, claim to fame was that he was embarrassing the United States. And so there's, there's some of that. There's, there's a lot of, of, uh, discussion that he is a, an anti, um, liberty anti-freedom kind of guy and all of this stuff with releasing the information and was simply a way to uh confuse the the uninformed american now i'm not i'm not saying that i agree with any of this i'm just saying these are the arguments that the only reason he actually released any of this is that that it was a way to kind of confuse the anti or confuse the uninformed american uh electorate to make them believe or to convince them that really what was going on was he was this, you know, journalistic uh, freedom of the press, First Amendment hero or whatever that he really, really wasn't. And and I'm not I'm not entirely certain that I disagree with that, but I'm not entirely certain that I do agree with it either. There's some of uh, there's some interesting uh, past in Julian Assange's life that often gets kind of of. Um, kind of ignored, you know, his, like I said, his connections with Rafael Correa, who had connections with Hugo Chavez, who had connections with, um, Bill Ayers. You remember that name from the Obama administration. Bill Ayers was the, uh, weather underground anti-American terrorist that was sending out mail bombs back in the seventies or whatever it was. Um, so all of these kind of, and I will admit some of these connections are somewhat um, distant and and flimsy, right? To connect Julian Assange to Hugo Chavez to Bill Ayers is a bit of a reach. That's like connecting me because I met, you know, Ted Cruz at a campaign rally once. That's like connecting me then to President Trump. Like I mm-hmm. have some sort of connection because they were on the same campaign trail together and therefore I have some sort of connection to Donald Trump that I don't really have, right? So I get that some of these connections are kind of flimsy, but it is something that that at least needs to be acknowledged that this this um, Assange guy wasn't entirely, you know, pro-America. I'm trying to help America and and show Americans what their government is doing so they can, you know, do what? Rise up against the, the U.S. government or, or, you know, what's what was the end goal with Assange and some of this kind of stuff? Now, that being said, as you mentioned, the, the things that he released were things that, oh, I shouldn't say all of it, some of the things that he released were things that Americans probably should have known about, right? Are, are probably things that America should have been aware of and 
And there was some value in that to the American people. But again, then the question that I would ask is, well, what did it, excuse me, what did it really benefit the American people? Because most Americans are so lazy, they're not going to actually dig into the information that he released. They're simply going to listen to whatever CNN uh, or Fox News or MSNBC says about that information and buy lock, stock and barrel, whatever the the media tells them I, I, to believe I think about people it. bought into it for a little bit. I think there was a I think there was a time when that when all that news first came out that people really kind of bought into it and cared and paid right. attention to it. And then I think it died off pretty quick. Yeah. And then I think people looked up and went, well, yeah, that's really bad. I agree. The government's doing bad things. Yeah, nothing I can do about it. Anyway, back to work. Right, yeah, and you and, know? and go back to their 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 regular daily lives. But you know, it, it is changing though because you look at the impact it had on Glenn Greenwald, right? Okay, one of the most probably influential journalists of our time. Right. No friend to conservatives by any stretch of the imagination. Right, and look at his Twitter feed in the last couple of weeks. Right, he talks about how Fox News and independent media has done some stellar reporting. And CNN and MSNBC have done nothing but perpetuate this Russia hoax. Mm. The interesting thing is, and I'd be interested to get your take on this. Where do you think this leaves Julian Assange in the way of a presidential pardon? Um, uh, here's the thing. Trump has been pretty outspoken against Assange. Has he? Um, yeah, I mean, not not maybe as, as strongly as he has a, against some. Uh, of the people, Trump in his his Twitter attacks, you know, of course he loves going after uh, Pocahontas and and Elizabeth Warren, you know that whole thing. He loves going after um, these various, you know, whether it's Joe Biden or whoever his his quote unquote political enemies. But but Trump has been pretty critical of Assange in the past with the fact that he has, you know, it was it was Assange and his folks that leaked some of the information that led to the dossier that that led to the whole Russian hoax investigation blah 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 and and again well they leaked the information that it came from Hillary well right but like all of that like he didn't see that i don't think trump saw that as as necessarily um let me let me try to to back up a little bit here Tr- donald trump is a huge ego Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, Donald Trump's ego, I think is such that he did not see that anything that Assange did benefited him in any way. Like Donald Trump, I didn't need Julian Assange to release any of this. I could have won on my own kind of thing. But, you know, I, mean, and I so, don't know. He, he's come out and said that he was a fan of WikiLeaks and that, you know, when the when the when the email dumps from from Clinton and stuff that he was right. a, he was a fan of WikiLeaks. But I, that was prior to him becoming president. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. One of the things that I think is interesting is you have this meeting with with the director uh, you know, of the CIA and James Comey. And it's been written about in Comey's book. Mm-hmm. where they set the president down, president-elect down, and they said, um, congratulations on winning the election. Just so you know, uh, we have all of this information about you being peed on by Russian hookers. Oh, right. And, uh, and was it so, Russian or was it? Well, I think it was. I thought it was Belgian. Uh, in Russia. Anyway, yeah. anyway, point is, they essentially tell him, hey, <laughs> we have all of this information and just so you know, we have it. And of course, Trump, you know, gets very defensive and very upset about it. To me, it almost appears as if the intelligence agencies are saying, Hey, just so you know, just so you know, right. You think you're not going to meet with us. You think you're not going to work with us. Here's the information that we have on you. Here's what we're able to dig up. So it's almost as, and he's been pretty standoffish. He's been pretty critical of United States intelligence services. So Mm -hmm. I, I look at all of that. And then I look at Julian Assange and I wonder, does he look up and go, well, this is the, I mean, Assange offered flat out to give Trump Everything conclusive proof yeah. that, that Russia had nothing to do with uh, Trump's elections. Mm-hmm. And he had definitive proof. He said, I, I, I will, I'll give you and the FBI definitive proof. So I, I think there is a certain amount of support for, uh, or at least Assange supporting Trump. I wonder if Trump doesn't look over and go, hey, you know, he's been, kind of been in my corner. You know, Trump's the kind of guy that likes people in his corner, and he likes people that support him. He likes people that is loyal yeah, to him. That's fair. So I kind of wonder yep. if, after the political ramifications doesn't die. Let's face it, 
it's about as politically dangerous to prosecute Julian Assange as it is to let him go. Right. Right. There's a, it's about a 50 50 split. Here's here's my thought on it. I, I I'm not sure that the I'm not sure that the whole pardon thing is even going to come into play. <laughs> you think he's gonna knock his head on the way back? And well, that so that's we'll get into that in just a second. So somebody brought up on my terrestrial radio show. If you want to listen to that, you can find us um, during the week, Monday through Friday, three to p- three p.m. to six p.m. Central Time. Um, of course, on Terrestrial Radio, locally here in Grand Forks, North Dakota, 1310 KNOX AM 107.9 FM. Or you can find us on KNOXradio.com. If you're not in the area, you can listen live. You can hear me three hours a day. You can hear me interacting with callers and all of that kind of stuff in a little bit different format than what you're seeing here on the podcast. But a caller brought this up to my on my Terrestrial show. Do you think that this was actually a rescue mission? I said, what do you mean? And he said, well... The, the the British government going in, arresting him, you know, evicting him from the embassy, you know, the Ecuadorian embassy, inviting the British government in to, um, to arrest this guy as a rescue mission to keep him from being, quote unquote, suicided. And I said, well, that's an interesting take. I'm not sure that I, I think Assange is the only the only ego in this discussion that's as big as Donald Trump's is Julian Assange's. Right. I mean, this guy's this guy's got a pretty big ego too. So I have a hard time seeing that he would he would um, either suicide himself, and I have a hard time um, with all of the conspiracy theories already surrounding this guy. I don't think any anybody would be dumb enough to try and stage a suicide either. But that's a whole different discussion. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But I don't think it's I, I'm not sure that the pardon is ever going to come into play because here's the thing: he has been. He has been arrested in Great Britain on charges from Great Britain because they have hacking charges against him. They have some of the, I don't know what the actual official charges from the the UK are, but they've got various, you know, espionage or whatever charges against him already as well. Not to mention there is a rape charge that has been brought against him in Sweden. um, And I believe another sexual assault charge, if I remember correctly, in... Uh, was it Finland or some other, there's one other country he's been charged, I think twice. And I might be wrong on that, but I, it it seems like I I did so much digging and reading on this. I may have overlapped a couple of stories, but I think he's been charged twice with, um, with either rape and or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So if he gets, if he gets charged in Great Britain with espionage, with, with hacking, whatever, goes to jail for 10, 20 years in Great Britain before being extradited back to Sweden or Finland to face charges for, for rape or sexual assault, you know, and spends another 10, 20 years there, all of a sudden Julian Assange is 80 years old. The guy's 47 right now. Mm-hmm. And if he spends 20 years in each place, um, do we care in the United States in 40 years from now? What Julian Assange did? Do we do we bother actually extraditing an eighty-seven-year-old man no, they, who they released probably, some information? They probably won't, but I don't. I think the U.S. should fight to get him on U.S. soil and give him diplomatic immunity from everything else. You think so? Yeah, because so here's the thing. First of all, I I'm inclined to believe some of the the uh, this. I I think the guy personally is a dirtbag. Right? Oh yes, absolutely. But, I don't think anybody actually questions but that. But I think that we have a responsibility to stand up for people that take at huge personal risk to themselves the uh, the challenge of trying to point out the atrocities of the US government. I and I feel like when when somebody does that then you know not not to say that, that necessarily excuses any of his behavior cuz it certainly doesn't but uh, if it's even true but I do think that you know if we bring him here to the United States and say hey you know what uh, if they want to, if they want to, you know, extradite you and they want to, they really want to push for it, that's fine. We'll just make them jump through, you know, all of the necessary protocols to actually get you there. Right. Uh, but the fact that he's being, I don't think he's as concerned about the rape charge as he is about uh, the uh, the U.S. government coming after him. And frankly, if he can find some place to duck his head for another 10 months, this isn't even an issue because in, because 2020, the statute of limitations is up on those rape charges. Yeah, but if the even if the statute of limitations is up, if they, I believe, and I might be wrong in this because it's international law, and you're talking different, different, you know, you're talking extradition between countries and whatnot. But I would, mm-hmm. I would guess, if Sweden begins the process 
of requesting extradition mm-hmm. and and the UK says sure we'll extradite him to you but we get him first I think that puts a kibosh on the statute of limitations at that point maybe because they can charge him and you know hey your trial's coming up as soon as you get out of jail for the other stuff that you did we'll uh, we'll we'll start charging you for it which again I'm not mm-hmm. entirely certain that that's true I would I would just assume that that's maybe the 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 uh, the position that they're they're going to take. So, um, but anyway, let me let's because you're you're the techie guy, you're the computer guy. Um, you've you've been involved in this a little bit more, obviously, than what I have over the years. Um, when when you are, um, when you are talking about internet security, whether it's an organization, because essentially what happened is Bradley Manning, as an employee of the United States military. Mm-hmm. Um, stole some documents that yep. he had legal access to at the time. You know, he had whatever security clearances his he needed to have access to some of this information. Now, for one, do we need to readdress that from your perspective? If you were consulting the United States military on their computer practices, do we need to address something there? Do we need to lock down access to some of this stuff a little bit tighter. Um, and then beyond that, as, as somebody who's maybe listening to this, it has a, an organization that some of their employees have access to information that could be potentially damaging, even if there's not any sort of corruption, but you know, as a, as an employee of ABC company, I can go in and look at pay records. I can go in and see when I work for Hewlett Packard, I work for, we were contracted to an organization called Baxter Medical Services. And one of the the programs we supported was the payrolls program. Mm. And so through that, as a support technician, I could go in and see literally every single employee's, you know, all of the the life insurance benefits, the the health insurance benefits, I could see their social security numbers, I could see all of that kind of stuff, um, and have access to all of that. And and a company like Baxter Medical Services with sixty thousand employees, um, you know, or at the time I don't I guess I don't know what they have now, but you know, I have access to a lot of people's information. I could have done a lot of damage to those individuals. Now of course I didn't and and um, no one that I know ever did, and I'm not accusing Baxter Medical Services or Hewlett Packard of of inappropriate business practices in any way. But with that being said, there's 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 some information issues that need to be dealt with. So how would you how would you a as a, as a tech guy how would you uh, advise the U.S. military? And b what do you ha- what what message would you have to other businesses out there in protecting their their information? Bruce Schneier uh, famously said one time, if you think that technology can solve your security problems and you don't understand the problems and you don't understand the technology, Mm. you can't, there is no way. It's like trying to legislate morality. It can't be done. Okay. We can, you can, you can try, but you'll never actually succeed in, in fixing the problem. The same thing is true with when it comes to security. You can't, there is no technology that you can put into place that will prevent these kinds of problems because they're not technology problems. They are people problems. Mm. So you have to address it from a people standpoint. Now, what personnel changes or what things you do? Well, we can screen better when we are looking to hire people in the U.S. military who is eligible for a security clearance. And maybe if you're struggling with gender identity issues, there's some mental illness. I think that that came later, though. I think that came later. Well, yeah. So the um, the uh, you can look at compartmentalization of information. But ultimately, really, the question, and this is what I think keeps getting overlooked in the mainstream media, the question is, shouldn't be, how do we prevent information from getting out? Why don't we remove the motivation for people to feel like they have to whistleblow, i.e., let's not bomb innocent people mm. for video game practice, which is essentially what Bradley Manning originally stole information from. He just stole right. drone footage of right. them bombing innocent people right. and, and essentially having fun doing it. Uh, how about we fix that problem? And right. then the next Bradley Manning won't feel the need to steal information. Now you can address the fact that they stole information by doing compartmentalization, stuff like that. Right. But let's actually address the problem. Let's stop worrying so much about the symptoms. Cause if you fix the problems, the symptoms go away. It's a good point. And that was, you know, honestly, that was one of the things or, or one of the discussions that, that was, was that took place when I worked for 
Hewlett Packard, right? I mean, we had, so the, the, the room that I worked in, we, we, it was a security controlled room. You couldn't get in unless you had a badge and you had to, you know, swipe the badge and it lets you in. And I, I, I believe it actually kept a log of whose badge logged in at what time. And the badges, you know, obviously attached to your employee ID or whatever. So they knew who was in the room at any given time. So if something um, did go missing, if, if information did get leaked or lost or, or there was some order, other issue that went on, they could at least narrow it down to, well, these 30 people were in the room or these 50 people were in the room at, at that time. So here's where we start our investigation. But the other discussion that went on, and I remember having this somewhat informally with other employees, not so much um, as a matter of policy with the company, but the, 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 the manager that I had, um, was a, a, a woman of, of high character. Um, nearly everybody on my team were also individuals of high character. And so that conversation was had from time to time, like, Hey, we have a lot of power. We've been given a lot of authority. We've been given a lot of access to these various systems and these various machines and, and, you know, people's lives and careers and, and oftentimes health because we supported hospitals and things like that. Um, a lot of the, the, the power that we had over these people's lives, um, Help lied in our hands. And so there was a discussion when you, you know, you forgot your badge at your desk and you walked out mm -hmm. to go to the restroom and you needed to call somebody to let you back in. And, and there was a conversation that was had like, Hey, you know, we get it. It happens. Everybody forgets from time to time, but you know, you've forgotten your badge three or four times in the last week. You need to make sure this doesn't happen anymore. This information is too important for, for you to, to, treat it so flippantly, you know, mm -hmm. or if you were letting someone in that, you know, you walked out to go to the restroom as somebody else was coming in, technically you weren't supposed to hold the door for them. You were supposed to close the door and they were supposed to use their badge to, to get in. So there was a, a record or whatever in track. So that sort of information on a personal level, um, those conversations were like, say there was never, I don't remember ever having like a policy meeting where we sat down and said, here, this is how this works. But so many members of my team, like I said, were, were people of, of high character and my manager was an individual of, of high character as well. And so those conversations happened from time to time, like say on a, on a semi informal basis. So, sure. so all of this discussion to, to talk about the, the various things going on with Julian Assange. Um, what's your, in the end, what's your take on, on Julian Assange? Is he a hero? Is he a zero? Is the guy a crook? Is he a, um, a savior? Is it, is it somewhere? I, in I between? would, I would, I would submit to you that like most things in life, we don't get a clear answer. Mm. He's a deeply flawed human being that is probably a criminal uh, has no moral compass to speak of as it relates to uh, to a lot of his sexual indiscretions but like a lot of people uh, that do a lot of really bad things there are some good things about him and I think the good thing about him is that he is a true journalist he's a real journalist who's actually interested in digging into a story digging into information getting to the bottom getting to the truth and getting that truth out there regardless of who it irritates he's not the he's not the msnbc's he's not the cnn's of the world right. where they hand them a story and say here's what we want you to chirp on and he starts chirping i mean i i think that he is a guy that actually wants to practice journalism and I think there are very few people like him left. There's people like him. He, I mean, he's an award-winning journalist. I mean, you can right. like him or dislike the right. guy, but he the guy has won awards for journalism. Here's, here's he's been nominated for the for the Nobel Peace Prize every single year. Yeah. Well, and I think anybody can be nominated, can't they? I think I well, could nominate. I think well, I maybe. could nominate you. I think. Really? Yeah. I think it's anybody can because George Bush was nominated, but there's, there's no chance he was ever going to win. There's a there's a there's a there's a big push though. You know, a big there, push to try to get him. And I'm not so sure that he doesn't deserve it. I mean, if, you know, right. one of his quotes that I really like is if, if lies can bring about war, can truth bring about peace? Uh, yeah. He might well, here, be onto something. Here, here's, here's uh, Jonah Goldberg. 
um, I don't know if you remember him. Jonah Goldberg was the guy that wrote the book Bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, sorry. This is David French. Um, I, I've got an article from from uh, Jonah Goldberg as well. But there's a this is an article from David French. David French, um, I believe, is the um, is editor in chief of National Review. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a never Trumper guy, very 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 anti Trump, um, and I think he still is. Um, claims conservatism. He says this about Julian Assange. He he actually wrote an article titled, and this the link is in the in the in the show notes. It says Julian Assange is not a journalist. He says this: the arrest of Julian Assange has predictably brought forth a torrent of overwrought, misguided, and sometimes downright ridiculous commentary. Even after years of exposure to his anti-American. Uh, anti-Americanism, his anti-Semitism, and his raw personal corruption, people still seem to believe he performed some kind of service. They still compare him to journalists and reporters that rather than seeing what he was, a petty, biased, hostile foreign actor who vomited onto his website reams of unvetted information that often shouldn't have been published but almost always harmed the targets of his vile spite. Now, again, I'm not sure that I disagree with you in in your assumption, in fact, I, I have a tendency to maybe lean a little bit more towards you to say, you know, the the there yes, there is this deeply flawed corruption or deeply flawed corrupt individual, but that doesn't mean everything he's ever done is can be categorized in the same way, right? I think I think human beings are are more complicated than that. I've said this many, many times about President Trump, um, both here on the on the podcast and on the Terrestrial Radio Show, that yes, Donald Trump can be a dirtbag of a human being and treat his wives terribly and treat women in his life terribly or whatever, but that doesn't mean that his tax policies are 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 bad, right? Like those two things can be mutually exclusive. You mm-hmm. can you can have the right ideas on tax policy or foreign policy or or pretty much any other political f- philosophy and still be a dirtbag, right. right? Like those two things are not necessarily um, mutually exclusive. So so what then would your response be to you know someone like David French who says this guy's nothing but a vile piece of garbage and he's not a journalist, he just spewing information that he's not actually vetted to 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 figure out what the implications I, of said information is. I would is. argue that we have gotten to a point where we're way too concerned and we're way too far in the direction of keeping stuff from the American people. Mm. So what? So what? If we go a little too far in the, well, it wasn't really vetted, so what? You know what? If we get a little too much information out there and people have to use a little bit of, you know, my favorite day of the year is Brett. April Fool's Day. You know mm. why? Every time somebody sees something on the internet, they go, well, <laughs> just because I saw it on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. I better take some moment and research and see if this is accurate because right. it's April. Now, why is it we do that on April Fool's? We don't do that any other day of the week. Right. We Every other day of the week, everybody posts something on the internet. People go, oh, it's on the internet. It must be must true. Be it's not true. on Facebook. Yeah, I saw like- five people post it today <laughs> on Facebook. You know, you know yeah. it's ridiculous. Let's get to a point where when, new, when stories come out, every American should look at every single news story. I don't care if it's CNN, MSNBC, mm-hmm. WikiLeaks, Schmidt Show. I don't care where it came from. Every story should be evaluated from the standpoint of, does that make sense? Do I actually believe that? Right. And do, do the facts add up? Can I find things that, that cooperate? And are these sources reliable and stuff like that? Nobody cares. Everybody listens to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and just goes, oh, okay, that's what I'm yeah. supposed to believe today. It's ridiculous. Some of the information that I, that I came across, and, and and David French actually brings it out in this article as well, he talks about one of the things that really ir- irritated him or irked him about um, Assange and the whole situation with Bradley Manning was that not that he did, he just accepted the information from Bradley Manning, and and Bradley Manning sent him, you know, here's this material that I found. He actively helped Bradley Manning dig into these various areas of the military uh, computer system that he didn't have access to using a, a, a different username or stealing a password from a coworker or whatever it was. I don't know the details of it, but um, he his argument is that a journalist would would never you know, ethically would never help 
someone access top secret information that they weren't supposed to have access to does. And, and I'm not sure I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm not sure that I buy that argument because I, you know, journalists over the years have kind of been known for some shady back room deals, right? I mean, journalists have been known for years to, um, get secret sources that they've protected in, you know, even when they know those sources at, at, um, accessed various levels of information illegally. Mm -hmm. And so the, the journalist then refuses to out that person or give up the source because of that. So I'm not sure that I, that I would agree with David French that, that, that is one of the things that makes him not a journalist. I mean, or am Am I right there? Or, yeah, or? I, I, I agree with that. Okay. Sure. Okay. So anyway, all of this to say, there is um, there are some issues with Julian Assange. There's no question about that. As far as the pardon goes, I don't think... I, I would guess that President Trump and his Department of Justice are going to delay um, the extradition of Julian Assange as long as possible. Because there are a lot of Trump supporters out there that that think that Julian Assange is a hero and a defender of the the um, the free press and so on. But I think there's also a lot of Trump supporters that go, nope, they're law and order people. Hey, there's pl- there's processes in place. There's whistleblower things that and laws that allow for this sort of, of thing to take place. And he should have just followed the law. And Bradley Manning should have blown the whistle the way he was supposed to instead of going to an anti-American, anti-whatever, you know, communist sympathizer from Sweden who's hiding in an Ecuadorian embassy. And so I think no matter what position Trump takes on this, no matter which direction he goes on it, I think it damages his relationship with someone in his base. And so I would guess if I had to make a, a, a prediction, I would guess Trump's going to delay the, the extradition of Assange um, as long as possible. Cause I don't think he's going to want to deal with that. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I I you know, it's it's interesting. I actually I purchased a poster of Assange and Snowden. Mm. Because I think I I don't think I, I everybody is so caught up in Assange which we should be because you right. know, he's just drug out of an Ecuadorian embassy, but the reality is there are a lot of people that have accomplished the same thing and that have been working towards the same goal as mm-hmm. Julian Assange, right? Right. One of them being Edward Snowden. Yeah. I would, if it were me, here's, here's the, and I've given a lot of different opinions on a lot of, from a lot of different viewpoints. If it were me, the way I would deal, I would deal with this. If I were the president of the United States, if I were the head of the DOJ or the FBI, or whoever's going to handle that extradition uh, order, I would absolutely have Assange extradited. I would absolutely have him tried um, because in the end, criminal activity is criminal activity. Right. If, if I believe that if I believe that that illegal immigration is a crime and it doesn't matter the reasons why you committed that crime, it doesn't you know, if I believe that robbing a bank is a crime and you were only robbing a bank to be Robin Hood and, and give the, the, the poor people back their money or, you know, whatever convoluted excuse you would give for robbing a bank, um, then. I believe that that crime would need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Sure. So I would absolutely prosecute Julian Assange and I would address it from that perspective and then leave it up to the judge, leave it up to the prosecuting attorneys, leave it up to, um, you know, whatever plea deals um, that they would come up with and simply wash my hands of it and say, look, because, and, and not, not from a, as a political ploy, not as any sort of political gamesmanship, but I would just simply say, look, I believe that law and order is, is important. I believe that the rule of law is what it is. Julian Assange's personal um, corruption or personal misgivings or failings mm-hmm. are, are not any of my business. His, his criminal activity as the leader of, of the United States 
and how it affected the laws that we have in place, then I, he will be prosecuted for that. Then I would also go to um, Congress or the Senate or whatever and say, hey, look, this is an issue we need to deal with. Whatever needs to be done, if if you believe it's a, as, as you said, Noah, earlier, where I have a tendency to lean to is if it's simply a people issue, mm-hmm. well, then let's let's make it a little bit stricter. Let's let's figure out a little bit, you know, um, how to how to verify military employees a little bit better. You know, let's let's sure. tight, let's tighten down the 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 background checks or whatever it is and let's deal with it from that point of view. Um and and then maybe leave it up to like say the judge to determine that yes he was guilty he was found guilty his sentence is you know go back to Sweden and never come back to the United States again right. or, or whatever you know whatever sure. punishment it is banning or exile yeah, or whatever yeah exile banning or whatever you know because he he is not an American citizen he I don't think he is has ever applied for American citizenship or or anything like that but you simply say hey yes we believe you're guilty. We don't want to deal with you anymore. Go back to Sweden and send him then on to Sweden for, um, for facing the charges or whatever that he's got there. That's the way I would approach it. Is I want him here first. Let's let us deal with our thing so we can send him on to be dealt with in, in other parts of the world and kind of wash our hands of the situation. That sure. would be the way I approach it. Because it, well, in the and end, then, then revisit the U.S. law. Right, right? exactly. Because we've yep. got a problem there. Exactly. And that's, I think, I think that's really the bigger discussion here, right? I think Julian Assange, is, as you said, is maybe more of a symptom than, than a real problem, right? Julian Assange is, is a, a guy with a big ego trying to make a name for himself, which he certainly did. He's a guy with a big ego who who wanted the world to remember him. One of the best ways to do that was to embarrass the United States in in a in a fantastic way, which he's done. Um, and now we we simply go about the business of yes, Jul- and and here's the thing, right? Is it really such a bad thing to acknowledge that Julian Assange embarrassed the United States? I mean, I'm fine it, with it. Yeah, I'm fine really, with it. I mean, the reality is we deserve to be embarrassed. We did right. some really stupid stuff. Exactly. Like, I, th- I think it's important to remember that there, look, I believe with all of my heart and, and, and passionately so. In fact, I've got audio from uh, my radio show on Friday that I'm going to pull where I, I kind of talked about the American founding fathers and all this stuff. I still believe that this country is the greatest country that the, the world has ever seen. And, and most everywhere in the world owes their lives and allegiances and and their prosperity to the United States. The the there's numbers that show that since nineteen seventy something till today, more people have been lifted out of poverty than at any time in, in human history. And a lot of it is directly related to the capitalistic ventures and prosperity of the United States. And so I believe that this is still the greatest country in the world. And I think one of the things that makes us great, which makes us exceptional, is that when these things happen, we address it, right? There's so many countries in the world, so many, especially third world countries, where these dictators get involved in corruption and all that kind of stuff, and it gets covered up and thrown under the rug, and, and they, they boot that one leader from office, but then just a new group of corrupt individuals takes over. And I think oftentimes we're leaning that way. You know, we hear this argument all the time, right? The the Everybody in Congress, right, left, center, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, independent, <coughs> excuse me, they're all corrupt. They're all bad people, right? No, nobody's good. But I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, but I think we're heading in that direction. And I think one of the things that we need to simply acknowledge is that, yeah, hey, we screwed it up. We got it wrong. We didn't do it right this time. And and we need to address that. We need to fix that. We need to figure out, hey, when 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 we're going to go on a bombing run in, in some third world country, uh, you know, trying to, to route out terrorists we need better information we need that was not i mean we need better well i and i'm being somewhat facetious but i mean we need better intel to tell us that hey these guys actually are bad guys and and have some sort of oversight that when somebody says hey these guys are bad have you guys see, have you seen the video yeah well it's what i'm saying but like i like, mean they're literally looking down going hey look it's a teacher <laughs> right right that's what I'm hey, saying. look it's a bus full of kids <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, when that's we, not that there's there's no that's not any lack of information. I mean, they're they're willfully killing people. 
I, I mean, they knew. They right. knew. They, right. uh, they're joking about it. Right. But that's that's what I'm getting at. Is we need more intel to make sure that we know that the bad guys actually are the bad guys. And there needs to be oversight. When somebody says, hey, these guys are bad guys, we need to bomb them. There needs to be somebody going. Nobody said they were bad guys. Well. Nobody said they were bad guys. They, they, the guys that were operating the drone or looking down. They knew exactly who they were. And they joked about who they were. And then bombed the boss anyway. Right. But that's what I'm saying. There needs to be somebody kind of standing over their shoulder and going, wait a second. Those aren't bad guys. You don't get to bomb them, people. That's If there was somebody over there, sh- I mean, I don't, it's not like anybody said we bombed them because they were bad guys. Like, nobody said that. They, everybody acknowledged they right. weren't bad guys. No, and We I, all knew that. I, and I think, we're, I think we're getting at the same point here. The, the point that I'm saying is there needs to be oversight so that sort of thing doesn't happen. There needs yeah, to be- so people there, with drones can't kill other people. Well- I mean, that's- I mean, I, there's no other way to put it. Like, right. I'm all I for supporting the military and the police, but this is it, this is no different than if a police officer walked into a mall, picked up his MP5, and just sprayed down 50 people. Right. I mean, that you wouldn't say, "Well, we need some oversight, so police don't." I mean, you, no, we just need yeah. to. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah, that's a good point. I, 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 guess I, I don't know. I just there there are some things that I'm like, well, there's a little dicey, or there's conflicting information, but like in this particular case, it was like so clear cut. And now, like, now that was only the first one. Right. Obviously, WikiLeaks has dumped. Tons of information, plenty of those. Right. There are some things that say, well, it could go both ways. You know, our assets, our hidden assets in in, yeah. in Middle East countries, did that really need to be disclosed? Probably not. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but as far as like the initial dump, uh, there's just, there's no two ways about it. Like that's straight up murder. Right. So, and, and, and I guess that's the point that I was trying to get at is, is my whole thought process in this is. If if the issue is a drone pilot indiscriminately bombing people, there needs to be a process in place that maybe needs to be addressed, that there needs to be a process in place when when idiot drone pilot decides to go bomb innocent people. Mm-hmm. There needs to be somebody stepping. And again, this is figuratively. Sure, sure. Somebody stepping in over their shoulder and going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait we a don't second. murder people wait in the US second, military. Dude, that's not acceptable. You don't get to do that <laughs> kind of acceptable. thing. You know, and, and I think... <laughs> I think those laws are probably already in place, but there needs to be there needs to be a way to 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 ensure that it doesn't happen again, right? And and whatever that process is, I don't know, but like you said, that's the problem. Mm. The problem is that there was inappropriate behavior done and committed by human beings along the way somewhere. The problem wasn't that that Julian Assange leaked that information. Right. That was a symptom of or that was a result of the inappropriate behavior. So that's I guess that's kind of the point that I'm I'm trying to get back at is is not it's not just a matter of of um it's not just a matter of making sure that information isn't released. It's not just a matter of of better background checks or things like that, but um, and I don't know whatever happened to these drone pilots, if anything at all, right? Like if yeah, if you've got a drone pilot that just blew up a school bus full of children, um, that gentleman should be in jail for the rest of his life, if not executed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if that actually happened, if that was actually the 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 story, so to speak, then the the result should be that guy being buried under the jail not just going to jail or getting a, a court martial and a and a a a dishonorable discharge right mm-hmm. so that's i guess the, the the point of all of that was to come back to hey the underlying problem is this it was exposed by someone in an illegal manner, let's punish them for exposing it in an illegal in an in an illegal manager manner. Mm-hmm. But let's also go back and deal with the problem that was exposed in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. That's and I think that's the key when it comes to whistleblowing. Is so many times the whistleblower gets gets punished, and the person they were blowing the whistle on doesn't. Right. Right. They sure. don't. They don't. There's no backlash for that individual. Mm-hmm. Because we're so caught up worrying about, hey, Julian Assange leaked this information. Let's go, you know, let's go hunt down Julian Assange. Right. Well, hey, whatever did and, and it's, a, it's a great question because I honestly yeah, I, don't know. I looked. I it, whatever it doesn't happened. Look like, I, yeah, it, I, I was looking. So the the Baghdad airstrike uh, where they where they kill those ten people. I I actually can't find any reference to to what happened to the pilots. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Like it, like that. That's really the bigger story in all of this. See, right? That's what I think too. I think that's where we need to be concentrating instead of worrying about Julian Assange. And that's why I say let's get him back here. Let's try him. Let's find him guilty if necessary, or whatever you know, whatever the facts sure. bear out. And then mm-hmm. let's get rid of him. And then let's go after these, whether it's drone pilots or whether it was a a general that ordered that attack because he wanted to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that. Let's deal with that. That that's a, a the bigger discussion in all of this as well. So, anyway, uh, no, I think that pretty well does it for us for uh, for the Schmidt Show for this week. A uh, little bit late and weird video issues once again. I, I swear to God, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I, I carry every day this computer. I'm gonna. It's getting shot one of these yeah, days. It's gonna take a bullet soon if this happens again. So, um, it, and it was working. We literally had it working. Uh, seconds it's like every every week though we come yep. in here, we test everything, everything works, and we come it back. Was, and then it was working seconds working. before we we went live with the stream, and then everything froze up and and hung. So, um, but the the good news is the stream is working. It's just a still. It's just still photos of you and I switching back and forth, so we have no video of what's actually happening. So, But for those of you listening to the podcast, you don't really care because you're just listening to the audio anyway. So with that, as I mentioned before, apparently we need uh, a better computer for the uh, for the broadcasting machine. So if you want to help us out with that, go to Patreon. Um, we have a new Patreon supporter at the uh, full 1776 um, Schmidthead Brigade um, level. If you want to do that, that would be much, much appreciated. And if you do that, we will send you a special gift. If you look in the video, you can see me wearing um, a Schmidt Heads Unite t-shirt. If you do sign up uh, at the full 1776 membership or whatever they call it, I don't know what Patreon calls it, pat- patrons. Mm-hmm. If you call, if you, if you subscribe at that level, we'll send you out a, a Schmidt Heads Unite t-shirt. Um, and make you part of the Schmidthead Brigade and all of that kind of stuff. So um, other ways to find us on, is on Telegram, on Freenode, in the chat room, um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all kinds of ways to uh, to join the Schmidt Show and be a part of it. Go to schmidtshow.com uh, for the live stream as well. You can also go to podcast.theschmidtshow.com to subscribe and get all the RSS feeds and the, the Stitcher and crosstalk or whatever other different options are out there itunes google podcast whatever it's all pretty easy if you're listening to a podcast i mean let's be honest you've probably figured all that stuff out already you don't need me to explain it to you so uh we just appreciate the support appreciate the downloads tell your friends share the share the the podcast with your friends and and uh as we continue to hopefully grow and expand this experience we we're in the new studio now um and we are we are making things happen so um we just got to get this computer fixed so send us a million dollars and we can just build a new studio and hire somebody to take care of this that's 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 the the moral of the story there so uh noah we will see you again next week i'll be here i will be here next week it's all um yeah it's it's just it's time to uh to wrap things up how do you feel about that, Noah? I feel like it got awkward. <laughs> I feel like you should have fired the fired the after about I've, I've, a minute and a half ago. I've, if I'm I've, being honest, I've got my I've got my finger on the button. I just yeah, want the volume down so you I, won't hear it. I know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to sit here and just wait and make that as awkward as possible. So we'll You've succeeded. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>